Hello, and welcome back to Latin 3 from the Church of St. Agnes. Today we will be reviewing our homework assignment for Unit 25, starting on page 218 of the Collins book. If we take a look at page 218, we were doing the drills number 1 and 2 to give us practice on past time contrafactual conditions or contrary to fact conditions in the past time. Number one and a number two clauses of fearing. So let's take a look at those and uh, see how you did on your homework. Number one, si diaconus ad aulam venisit cum vidisemus. So right away we notice it's a condition because of the C. And we take a look at the sentence and we see our verbs are in the pluperfect subjunctive. Remember, that's the formula for contrary to fact past time condition. So, if the deacon, Venisit, had come to the hall ad aulam, we would have seen him. So it's a contrary to fact. He, had, he did not come to the hall, right? But it's in past time. If the deacon had come to the hall, we would have seen him. It's a very good example of a past time contrary to fact condition. Two pluperfect subjunctives, one in each clause. Number two, si librum legises hoc si vices. Again, two pluperfect subjunctives, one in each clause, the protocist and the apotesis. If you had read the book, but you didn't understood, right? It's a contrary to fact condition. If you had read the book, you would know this. You would have known this. You would have understood this. She visas. perfect subjunctive in both clauses. If you had read the book, you would have known this. Okay, so we're in past time. Two pluperfect subjunctives, a contrary to fact condition in past time. Remember, the formula for a present time contrary to fact condition is two imperfect subjunctives. But these are all, these are testing us mostly on past time contrafactual or contrary to fact conditions. Okay, number three. Nisi vir sanatus esset mortuus esset. So nisi, our negative of the of the uh, uh, of the conditional C, if the man had not been healed, sano sanari to heal. Notice this is passive, so we have sanatus eset. That's the passive pluperfect subjunctive. If the man had not been healed, he would have died. Mortuus eset. There's your deponent verb morti or to die in the pluperfect subjunctive. Unless the man had been heal, healed, or if the man had not been healed, either way in English, he would have died. Contrary to fact condition. Good. Let's take a look at four. Oves amisse, uh, ov, I'm sorry, oves amisse essent si pastor eas non tuitus esset. Again, we see two pluperfect subjunctives. These are, uh, again, in the uh, passive forms. Th the sheep would have been lost 
if Pastor, the shepherd, had not guarded them. Tui tuus esset, from tuaeor. I don't know if you spotted that verb in your vocabulary, from tuaeor. It's a deponent verb, therefore uh, it's in the passive form but an active meaning. If the shepherd had not guarded them or taken care of them, aos, feminine, referring to sheep, the sheep would have been lost. But the shepherd, in fact, did guard them, so the sheep aren't lost. That's why it's a contrary-to-fact condition. Again, two pluperfect subjunctives. Now take a look at number five. Here we have something slightly different. Uh, Collins is throwing you a bit of a curve, and this is probably good. Take a look. Si nos adjuvisetis nunc bene faceremus. Now notice the verbs. Adjuvisetis and faceremus. You will note they are not both pluperfect subjunctives. Adjuvisetis is the pluperfect subjunctive. So if you had helped us, if you had helped us, notice now we change the time. Nunc bene faceremus. We now would be doing well. So this is a mixed condition, a contrary-to-fact condition. The protesis is in the past time, but the apotesis is in the present time. So we have an imperfect there. So if you had helped us yesterday, but you didn't, we now today would be doing well. Very good. Those are contrary-to-fact conditions, or as... Uh, Collins likes to call them contrafactual conditions. And our final one there shows you a mixed condition, which is absolutely possible in Latin. And you will see it uh, as you go along and come upon various uh, texts. So those are good, good practice sentences. Now, let's take a look at our practice sentences uh, and drills for clauses of fearing or fear clauses. Remember, the operative thing in a fear clause is just the thing that we might think opposite. Nay is a positive fear clause, ut is a negative one. So, number one, timu erunt ne Petrus Paulum vidiset. So, timu erunt, they feared, and then we have nay, so it's a positive fear clause. They feared that Petrus, that Peter, had seen Paul. Notice we have pluperfect subjunctive, fear clauses, Take the subjunctive. So they feared that Peter had seen Paul. And it's a pluperfect, so it's showing earlier or prior time to the main verb. We will talk a little bit more uh, specifically about time sequence um, when we get uh, to our next couple lessons. But you might remember your sequence of tense chart way back a few uh, lessons ago, when we were first introduced to subjunctive clauses, and a pluperfect subjunctive in the subordinate clause, as we have here, shows prior time to the main verb. So they feared yesterday that Peter had seen Paul earlier. Okay. A fear clause. Now take a look at number two. Timui ut Petrus Paulum videret. Now we have 
basically the same sentence except we have videre with the imperfect subjunctive. I feared that Peter saw Paul. Notice we've changed the tense of the subjunctive because if you remember in our sequence of tense chart, if we are in secondary or past time in the main verb, timui, then the pluperfect subjunctive shows prior time to the main verb, but the imperfect subjunctive shows same time as the main verb. I feared that Peter saw Paul. This was all in the, in yesterday, but it was at the same time yesterday. I feared that Peter saw Paul. And then we have an alternate verb that he gives you there for more practice, visuris eset, and you notice that's that paraphrastic verb with the subjunctive eset and visuris, the future participle. So now we're going to go into future or subsequent time. I feared that Peter would see Paul. I feared that Peter would see Paul, visuris eset. We'll talk more about the sequence of tenses, as I say, in the next couple chapters. Uh, we, we covered them earlier, but we're going to review them again in some detail when we come to other clauses in the subjunctive. Okay, let's take a look at three. Paulus timebat ut de Jesu audicent. Now, notice, the, the fear clause is introduced by ut, which means that it's negative. Okay, it's coming up as a negative fear clause. Paul Timebot was fearing, imperfect tense in the past time, okay, secondary. Paul was fearing, ut, got to have a negative, audicent, that they had not heard de Jesu about Jesus. Audicent, they, right? They had heard, pluperfect subjunctive, showing prior or earlier time than the main verb. Paul was fearing that they had not heard about Jesus. Ut introduces a negative fear clause, right? So, uh, just as the opposite of you would think, because in our earlier uh, subjunctive clauses, ut uh, was positive and nay was negative, here in fear clauses, it's the opposite. Number four, again, we see populus timent ut, Satis chibi habituri sint. Okay, so again, an ut there introducing a negative fear clause. The people are afraid or they fear ut that habituri sint. They will not have habituri. There's that future participle plus the subjunctive verb sint. That they will not have satis chibi, enough of food. Remember, following satis you almost always have a partitive genitive, enough of food. So the people are fearing or are afraid that they will not have enough food. Now notice, here's something interesting. Populus is a singular noun in Latin, isn't it? Now, Latin could have used timet here in the singular. But because populus is a singular noun, but it's collective, we call it a collective noun in English, it, it assumes the plurality of the people, and therefore the verb here appears in the plural. What I'm saying is that in Latin, you'll see it actually both ways. 
you'll see populus with a singular verb, and you'll also see it with a plural verb. And it's basically the author's choice or what that person wants to suggest about the subject, thinking about it as a group of people singularly or plurally. So the people are afraid that they will not have enough of food, enough food. Ut plus the subjunctive in a fear clause, negative. Okay, and number five, non times ne romani milites te tradituri sint. It's a question. Are you not afraid, and ne is a positive or an affirmative fear clause, are you not afraid or do you not fear that the Roman soldiers will hand you over, will betray you, tradituri sint, Again, we have that, um, that uh, periphrastic form with the future participle traditoris aum and the verb in the subjunctive sint. Do you not fear or are you not afraid that the Roman soldiers will hand you over or are about to hand you over? Very good. So those are excellent uh, five sentences each uh, drilling you on the contrary to fact, pastime conditions, and clauses of fearing. Um, I hope that they are uh, understandable to you. These clauses of fearing can be a little confusing because of the reversal of the regular ut and ne. Just remember, though, when a sentence is, or clause is introduced by a verb of fearing or anything denoting fear, and then you see an ut or ne clause after it, it's a fear clause coming. Okay, let's turn to our regular exercises. On page 219, we were doing the odd-numbered exercises this week. O certe necessarium ade peccatum, quod Christi morte deletum est. This is a great quotation from the Exultet, the great Easter vigil hymn that is sung by the deacon at the vigil. O certe necessarium ade peccatum. Oh, certainly or surely necessary sin of Adam. Quod, which, quod refers back to peccatum, it's neuter. Which, deletum est is the verb, which was deleted or was wiped out, Christi morte, by the death of Christ. It's a very interesting um, concept in the Exultet. You might remember Right uh, following this verse uh, is another that says, O Felix culpa, O happy fault. In other words, it's, it's an oxymoronic idea that, that uh, the fault could be happy, the fault which brought for us such a redeemer. Uh, it's, it's almost turning uh, original sin into something uh, desirable because in the economy of salvation, it ended up that that brought such a fantastic redeemer in Christ. So here, oh, certainly, almost surely necessary sin of Adam, which destroyed or wiped out, was wiped out by the death of Christ. Okay, number three. Et relinquentes eum omnes fugerunt. Uh, this comes from the Gospel of Mark from the Passion uh, narrative, et relinquentes, notice that's a participle from relinquo, and then we have fugerunt, that's plural, 
So omnes fugerent, all fled, relinquentes eum. What were they doing? Leaving him or abandoning him. These are the apostles, of course, who abandoned Jesus in his greatest hour of need. And abandoning him, relinquentes eum, omnes fugerent, all fled. So remember, it's a participial phrase. It's in the plural because the subject of fugerent is they. They, abandoning him, fled. Omnes, all of them fled. That's the subject. So uh, there you have it, a nice use of a participle. Number five, domine, si fuises hic, non eset mortuus frater meus. Uh, this is from John 9, or 11. You probably remember the scene. This is the scene of the raising of Lazarus. And look what uh, this person is saying. Lord, si fuises hic. There's your C clause. And fuises is a pluperfect subjunctive. So we're going to expect a contrary to fact past time condition. And in, that, in fact, look what we have. Non eset mortuus frater meus. Lord, if you had been hic here, non eset mortuus frater meus, my, my brother would not have died. But you weren't here, and my brother did die. This is Lazarus, right? These are his sisters talking to him, talking to Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Nice example of a, of a uh, contrary to fact, pastime condition, two pluperfect subjunctives, one in each clause. Okay, uh, number seven. Non est profeta sine honore, nisi in patria et in domo sua. Ah, yes. This is a famous uh, quote from Jesus. Uh, a prophet is not sine honore, without honor, nisi, unless or except in his fatherland and in his home, in patria et in domo sua. So uh, remember... Uh, Jesus says a prophet uh, is honored everywhere except, <laughs> basically he says a prophet is not without honor except in his homeland and in his own home. Uh, yes, nobody listens to a local prophet. Okay, number nine. Respice etiam ad devotum imperatorum nostrum. Respice. Okay, it's from respicio to look, to look at, to regard, to look back. Look at, it's, it's a command, isn't it? A singular command. Indeed, etiam, indeed, look at, or look indeed to our devoted uh, commander or general. I suppose we're talking about Jesus here. It's a capitalized. Look, look to our devoted uh, commander or leader. Very good. Imperator, of course, in uh, pagan Latin, in classical Latin, is the word that is used for the emperor. Uh, but Jesus is our emperor, our leader. Okay, number 11. Turba de poposherunt ut Jesus ad mortem adiceretur. Okay, now here's another example of what I was talking about when we did that last sentence in the or the fourth sentence under our drills and clauses of fearing the subject is turba isn't it crowd the crowd but notice the verb de poposherunt it's plural 
So again, Latin could have used the singular here, but often we'll use a plural because even though the crowd is grammatically singular, the person who's writing is thinking of it as a bunch of people out there making up the crowd. So we have a plural verb. You'll see it both singular and plural. The crowd demanded from Posco, right? And uh, we have, or de Posco. And here we have the perfect, which is reduplicated. That's how the Greeks form the perfect all the time. Notice we have poposherent. Um, uh, Latin will do that with some of their verbs. It's the perfect tense. The crowd demanded ut. It's a, it's a just of noun clause, right? Um, it, the, the crowd demanded that Jesus be condemned or uh, convicted or uh, charged with or condemned ad mortem to death. And notice we have the imperfect subjunctive. We are in past time. The crowd demanded. What did they demand? Same time or subsequent time. We have imperfect subjunctive in our sequence of tense chart. And there we have the imperfect subjunctive. That Jesus be condemned ad mortem to death. Good. Okay, number 13. Respondit Jesus et dixit ei, si shires donum dei et quis est qui dicit tibi da mihi bibere, tu forsitan petises ab eo et dedicet tibi aquam viva. Ah, so here we have a passage from John 4. If you remember the gospel there, this is Jesus at the well with the Samaritan woman. And here it says, right, responded Jesus. Jesus responded at Dixie and said to A.E. will be her in this case. Uh, it could be him out of context or even it, but we know that he's talking to the Samaritan woman. Jesus responded and said to her, and now we have a condition. Si shires donum dei et quis est quidicitibi da mihi bibere. There's the first part. If shires, you knew. Okay, this is a contrary to fact, present time apodosis. If you knew now, he's speaking to her. If you knew now the gift of God et quis est and who it is, Quidicit tibi, who says to you, da mihi bibere, give to me to drink. You remember, Jesus came to the well, and he asked the woman for a drink, right? And that's how the whole dialogue starts between them. So if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me something to drink, da, um, da mihi bibere, give to me to drink. Okay, there's the protasis. Now, I don't know why Collins translates quiz here as someone. Uh, it can mean someone, but here it just simply means um, and who it is who says to you. So Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God and you knew who I am, the one who is talking to you and says, give to me a drink, to forsitan, you perhaps petises. Now notice, we have a change in tense. In the, in the protasis, we had shiras, which is an imperfect subjunctive. So he's saying, we have one of these mixed conditions here, don't we? If you now were knowing who I am, you would have, petises, pastime, you would have sought abeo from him, asked from him, 
and dedicit. He would have given Tibi to you, aquam vivam, living water. You might remember the woman says, oh, I, give me that water so I don't have to come here to this well all the time. Of course, Jesus is speaking of the water of salvation, of eternal life, of baptism. She doesn't quite understand him. So we have a mixed condition. If you knew the gift of God and who it is who is saying to you, give to me to drink, you perhaps would have sought from him or would have asked from him, and he would have given to you living water. So contrary to fact condition, very nice example from the Gospel of St. John. Okay, number 15. Oh, we have another long quote from a scripture. Here are the, the letter to the Corinthians. Uh, let's see. Nam et si sunt qui dicantur dii sive in cielo, sive in terra, si quidem sunt dii multi et domini multi, nobis tamen unus Deus pater, ex quo omnia et nos in ulum, et unus dominus Jesus Christus, per quem omnia, et nos per ipsum. Okay, this is a little tricky because the second part of the sentence doesn't really have any verbs. You have to supply your verbs to be or some such thing. Let's take a look at it. For even if there are, if they are, there are, see sunt, those qui who decontour, who are called gods, Siwe in cielo, siwe in terra, whether in heaven or on earth. So if there indeed exist those who are called gods, notice these are D. What Paul is doing here, if you might remember the passage, he's talking about sacrificing uh, food and such to idols, right? So he says, even if they exist, if they are those who are called decantor, this is a relative clause of characteristic because we're not sure of the antecedent. That's why the contour is in the, in the uh, subjunctive. Even if there are those who are called de, gods, whether on, in heaven or on earth, if indeed there, they, are, they are gods, there are many gods, de multi et domini multi and many masters, that's kind of parenthetical, indeed there are many gods and many masters. Nobis tamen, nevertheless nobis, to us, understood S, there is unus Deus Pater. There is one God the Father. So even if these other idols and such exist, for us, Tom, and nevertheless, for us, Christians, there is one God Father. Ex quo, from whom omnia, all things are. Et nos, and we in ulum for him, for that one. Notice there are no verbs here. And that's the, the way Paul writes this, even in uh, not only in Latin, but actually in the original Greek. So even if there are these things that are called gods, these idols, for us, nevertheless, there is one God, Father, from whom all things are, and we are toward or for him. At unus dominus Jesus Christus. And for us, there is one Lord, Jesus Christ. Perquem, through whom omnia, all things are, understood sunt. And nos, and we are per ipsum, through him. All things exist 
and for us, all they all exist through him. So that's a little confusing, a little, uh, a little curt and shortened um, because of those lack of verbs in that last part of the sentence. But I think you understand what it means, right? So Paul is talking about these idols and how people should not sacrifice to them. But then he says, uh, even if there are those who are called these gods on heaven and earth, and certainly there are many such idols and gods and, and masters, but for us, nevertheless, for us, there is one God, Father, from whom all things are, and we are in him. And there is one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things exist, and, and us, we are through him. We exist through him. Okay, in, that's a famous passage in the first letter to the Corinthians. A little, little tricky there. Uh, I would suspect you probably had a little trouble with that one. I hope you understand it now. Okay. Number 17, a passage from Romans. Siwe enim vivimus, domino vivimus. Siwe morimur, domino morimur. Sive ergo vivimus, sive morimur, domini sumus. Okay, so this is a good example of the use of this uh, alternative sive, sive. If, 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 or, if, or whether or, depending on the uh, context. So, uh, for if we live, we live domino, for the Lord. Notice it's in the dative. We live, so if we live, we live for the Lord, or if we, or if, sive, or if we die, we die for the Lord, domino, right? Siwe ergo vivimus, if therefore we live, or if we morimor, or if we die, we are domini. We are of the Lord. Notice domini there is in the genitive, right? So it's the possessive genitive. We are of the Lord. We are the Lord's, right? So whether we, we could say whether too. Whether we live, if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or whether we die, we are of the Lord. We are the Lord's. It's a good sentence, very nice. And we see the sive, sive, which is a nice alternative uh, when there's more than one if or whether, whether or. Uh, good word in Latin. Okay, uh, number 19. Extra civitatem fili ed Jerusalem dolore plene ad crucem Jesu flebant. Okay, so extra takes the accusative, doesn't it? Extra civitatem, outside of the city, filiae Jerusalem, the daughters of Jerusalem. Remember them? They were the women that followed Jesus along the way of the cross. He stopped to speak with them. Dolore plene, what kind of daughters are they? They're dolore plene, they're full with dolor, full of grief. Notice, remember, plenus aum, an adjective, which normally takes the ablative, sometimes the genitive, but most commonly the ablative. And here we have dolore. So the daughters of Jerusalem filled with dolor or grief. Ad crucem Jesu fleba, at the cross of Jesus were weeping. They were crying. They were weeping at the cross of Jesus. Jesus, remember, a strange declension. Uh, only endings in certain uh, cases, and here this is the genitive. So, 
uh, outside of the city because Jesus was uh, crucified outside the city walls. The daughters of Jerusalem, filled with grief, were weeping at the cross of Jesus. Okay, very good. All right, let's take a look at number 21. Here we have a fairly simple sentence. Jesus surrexit, sicut predixit, alleluia. Jesus has arisen just as he predixit, told in advance or foretold. Notice dico, to speak, pray before, just as he predicted or spoke in advance. Alleluia. That's an easy one. Okay, number 23. Salve, Michael Arcangeli. Nos a diabolo semper defendas. Okay. Uh, salve. That's the way the Romans say hello or greetings. Hail. Hail, Michael Archangel. Hail, Archangel Michael. Nos a diabolo semper defendas. Now notice, defendas. That's a third conjugation verb. We hear a liar, friar. So it's subjunctive. So guess what we have here? We have a wish, don't we? Hail, Archangel Michael. May you defend us always, a diabolo, from the devil. This reminds us of the prayer of St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. Remember, Michael is mentioned in the Apocalypse, the last book of the Bible, as leading the heavenly hosts against the, uh, the devil and all of his followers. So here, hail, Archangel Michael, may you defend us. So it's a wish, it's a hope, a, a polite request. May you defend us. Please defend us always from the devil. Good. And number 25, our last one. Stantes circa Jesu corpus mulieres lacrimarum cum effusione flebat clamantes. Quare dominus est mortuus, utinam adhuc viveret. Okay, so here we have stantes, starting the sentence. We know that that's a participle from stostare, and it's plural. Standing around the body of Jesus, corpus Jesu. So standing around, now we have a plural subject. They're the subject, mulieres, the women. And now notice, then we have lacrimarum. Well, that genitive, you wouldn't say the women of tears. No, you got to keep reading. Lacrimarum cum effusione flebat. And uh, this is a somewhat uh, unusual word order because you might expect lacrimarum to come after effusione. But uh, here it comes before. It's okay in Latin. The women with an effusion or an, a pouring out of tears. Flebat, were weeping. There's the main verb. So the main sentence is, the women were weeping. What were they doing? They were standing around the body of Jesus, a participle modifying them in the nominative, stantes. And then they were weeping, and it tells how they were weeping, cum effusione lacrimarum, with an effusion or a pouring forth. Fundo means in Latin to pour out. E fundo, we say effusive, right? Someone's very effusive. And a, a pouring out of tears. They were weeping. Clamantes shouting or wailing. And here's what they were saying. Quare dominus est mortuus. Why, is, why has our Lord died? Mortuus est. Why has the Lord died? Now, utinam adhuc viveret. 
There we have an example of an unfulfilled wish with, introduced by utinam and the imperfect subjunctive. Utinam adhuk viveret. Would that he were still here living. Would that he were still living. Adhuk up to this point. Would that he were living, of course, but he's not. He's died. Of course, he will rise again, but at that point, they don't know that. So would that he were still living. Notice, viveret with utinam, an unfulfilled wish. Very good. That completes our major part of our homework, and now we have just reading number one as sort of icing on the cake. I hope you understood uh, all of your sentences that we've gone over, uh, particularly the conditions and the fear clauses. We will get plenty of practice as we go forward. But to conclude, let's take a look at the Salve Regina, a prayer, a beautiful prayer that was written in the 11th century and uh, very familiar to Catholics uh, throughout the world, particularly when we pray the rosary. So here we have it. Salve, and you probably know this prayer by heart, but it's nice to take a look at, in English at least, it's nice to take a look at the Latin to see how the grammar all fits together. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulcedo, et Spes Nostra, Salve. So, Salve again, uh, this word like Ave, hail, it's a word that the Romans used to say hello or goodbye. It means really to be healthy, to be in good health. So, hail Regina, Queen, Mater Misericordiae, Mother of Mercy. Vita, life, dulcedo, sweetness, et spes nostra, and our hope. Our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Salve, hail. Okay. We usually say in English, hail holy queen. Notice that holy is not in there. It's just hail queen, mother of mercy. Right. Ad te clamamus. To you clamamus. Do we cry? We cry, we shout. What, what kind of we? Exules, exiles, people in exile, banished. And we are filii eve, sons, also inclusive here, daughters, children of Eve, eve. So we are exiles. Why? Because our real kingdom resides in future in heaven, right? Uh, to thee do we cry banished or exiled children of Eve. Ad te suspiramus. To you do we sigh. We sigh to you. We send up suspiramus means to breathe uh, uh, in, in a uh, desirous way, to deep sigh, sigh deeply. To you do we sigh. What, what kind of we? Gementes et flentes. What mourning or groaning and weeping, flentes, there's that word fleo again, gementes at flentes, groaning and weeping in hoc lacrimarum vale, in this vale, in this vale lacrimarum of tears. Beautiful phrase, in hoc lacrimarum vale, in this veil of tears, this earthly veil of tears, yes. Ea ergo advocata nostra. So ea means, ah, uh, it's, just, it's, it's just an exclamation. Please be there, ah, uh, therefore, our advocate. Ilos tuos misericordes oculos ad nos converte. We don't get the verb till the end. Converte. 
And there it's the imperative singular because we're speaking to Mary. Turn, converte. We get convert from that, of course. Turn, illos tuos misericordes oculos. Oculos is the is the subject or the object of the verb, and illos tuos misericordes are all adjectives modifying. Turn those your merciful eyes adnos to us. Ea ergo advocate. Therefore, our our advocate, turn your those merciful eyes of yours toward us. Okay. Et Jesum benedictum fructum ventris tui nobis post hoc auxilium ostende. Again, we have our object first, et Jesum benedictum fructum ventris tui nobis, indirect object, post hoc auxilium, uh, 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 prepositional phrase, and then the verb, ostende. Again, a command. Show then. And show to us, nobis, post hoc exilium, after this exile, Jesus, the blessed fruit of your womb. And we can start there in English if we want. And Jesus, the blessed fruit of your womb, ventris tui, to us, post hoc exilium, after this exile, show. We always say in the prayer, show unto us, the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O Clemens. O Pia, O Dulcis Virgo Maria. So these are uh, vocatives, aren't they? O Clemens, O Clement, merciful. O Pia, O Holy, O Pious. O Dulcis Virgo Maria, O Sweet Virgin Mary. And then we have the verse in the re uh, response. Ora pro nobis sancta Dei Genetrix. Pray on our behalf for us, Holy uh, mother of God. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God. Ut digni efficiamur promissionibus Christi. Ut, it's an ut clause. Pray that. It's a just of noun clause, isn't it? Pray, beg that, in order that efficiamur, we may be made, we may become, from facio, efficio, to become, that we may be made digni, worthy, and digni, remember, takes the ablative promissionibus of the promises Christi of Christ. Very nice. The Salve Regina. Okay. A fitting way to end. Here we are in the month of May, the month of the Blessed Virgin. Well, I hope that this has been helpful. Uh, a good review of your homework. I hope that you understand everything. Remember, if you have any questions whatsoever, don't hesitate to drop me an email, may, M-A-Y, at stoloff, S-T-O-L-A-F, dot E-D-U, and I will be glad to answer your questions. So until next time, uh, here's my best wishes to you. Keep studying your Latin, and we'll be back with you uh, in a few days with our next chapter, our next unit. Have a good day. Goodbye.